Welcome to Conversations in Time, a podcast brought to you by Joe Malone London and British GQ, discussing mental health and general well-being. Open conversations about real-life experiences affecting us past, present and future. My name is Kaizai Jamal. I'm a spoken word poet, performer, writer, model and trans visibility activist. And I am completely ecstatic really to be here and to be speaking to the incredible Jasmine Mans, who is somebody who I have been watching bloom for many like I don't know how many years like basically from when (laughs) I first started writing poetry um and yeah would you like to introduce yourself Jasmine Yes. Um, well, thank you, Kai. My name is Jasmine Manns. I am a spoken word poet, performer, and the author of a book called Black Girl Call Home. Um, and I'm happy to chat with you today. And like we became Instagram friends. And so it's good to feel like I'm chatting with a friend today. Exactly. Exactly that. It feels like, for me, it feels like such a full circle moment um, of being able to have this moment. So I'm really, really um, thankful for your time and, well, your time always. Um, I guess I first wanted to ask you, I feel like whenever we talk about like mental health, it always feels very formatted and mental health feels very non-linear um so before I don't know I don't really want there to be too much of a structure to this um so maybe we just start with like how is your heart today how do you feel right now in this moment (laughs) um that's a very interesting question because I feel like I've had a lot of battles over the last like maybe year Mm -hmm. um and so um my heart feels strong um and I'm 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 trying to work the strength of my heart by way of making myself a routine and giving myself a discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is the first time in my life where um, I had to activate a growth around my heart. Um, but how how is your heart? I feel yeah, very much the same as you. I think it's like right now it, it's kind of sitting between this space of. It's been a difficult year, but we've also survived and can, are continuing to survive. So there's also this this hope that my heart feels very hopeful that we are continuing to survive. Um, and also, I, I I think it's bruised. I think it's a little bruised. It's been yeah, it's been a tough. It's been a tough couple years, a tough couple of months. But I'm always reminded that each day these things are going to change and everything is so subjected to change hourly by the minute by the second so I think it's also just eager to feel the next thing it's going to feel um and that's a really nice place to be in I feel like this time has kind of urged me to stop being expectant of things and stop waiting for things and stop Mm. relying on things and actually just have moments to sit with myself and listen to what my heart is saying my my therapist has this kind of mantra at the moment that we keep coming back to which is your body can't work against itself it doesn't know how to 
Um, and mm. we were talking about this in the format of anxiety, which obviously has increased at the moment for so many of us, for the world, I think, um, specifically queer people, specifically trans people, and specifically black people um, currently. Mm. And I think I'm learning, yeah, I'm learning that that, that that is exactly it. You know, she says, when your heart races, it's not your your heart making you feel anxious is your heart giving you a reminder that you are feeling anxious is your body giving you these signals that you're stressed or you're not feeling a hundred percent um and being able to to kind of change that perspective and 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 not try and and focus too much on the fact that the, that I'm having a response to it, but that I'm in a conversation with my body and that my body will always want to be in conversation with me. Um, so I'm really trying to focus on that at the moment and just write. I think for me, writing has always been this kind of free therapy um, and a way and a space to navigate these feelings and work through them and process them. Um, and I wondered how writing comes into play with you and your mental and your what your mental being your physical being um like as an outlet uh what do you what do you get from it and 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 what do you like giving to it it's interesting that you ask that question because um sometimes depending on what i'm writing about writing feels like a traumatic experience Mm -hmm. right and so like there are things that you inevitably avoid in your writing because you you don't want to if you like creatively acknowledge it then you would have to emotionally acknowledge Mm -hmm. it and you might be able to jump out of the writing but not jump out of the emotions and so like if if you're writing about or if I'm writing about heartbreak or if I'm writing about grief and the death of a loved one Um, sometimes the emotional weight of that writing can be so taxing that I'll just avoid writing. And I remember a few years ago in college where I I like faced a traumatic experience and I just avoid, avoided writing. Um, and like, and it was maybe a year and a half before I wrote again, because like, I didn't want, there was one thing that I needed to write about that I needed to release. However, I couldn't. And mm-hmm. so everything was behind that, just waiting to, 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 to get free. Um, and then I realized, um, and then even like, even today, like it was like a blessing when I was able to write my book because I didn't, I had to prove to myself that I could like write and that like I could be conditioned enough Mm-hmm. to get through the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't this like freeing experience as much as it was this like emotional weight that I had to maneuver through creatively. Um, and, and, and then it became this thing of like, is there a way to be safe in the writing? Like to be able to write about really, really difficult things and complete the job mm-hmm. um, and complete the process um, because like you like in therapy to like, you, you want to know that you can be able to, to like compartmentalize an mm-hmm. idea or moment. Um, and as artists, like we're asked to constantly go back in that moment. Um, and so I've been trying to figure out like, how do you build a mental toughness around 
your job that allows you to creatively write about those things that are very, very important and and sometimes are connected to like your own nervous system. Um, because sometimes like nobody is around and I, it's just me in the story and there are voices in my head that are saying, absolutely not, we're mm-hmm. not going to do this. And it's a, it's a feeling of not feeling safe. And, and that may mean like, I don't feel safe may mean like, I don't know how to get myself out of this emotional weariness, maybe. A hundred percent. No, I, I, I completely hear and empathize with what you're saying, because I think for so many people, they forget that. And I speak about this also in like this, I guess, sphere of activism, that we are also, though we are writing and though we may be facilitating other people to feel certain things, ultimately all of these things come from our feelings. And often, I mean, for me especially, and and also from knowing studying using your work as the gospel I also know in in your work is that you know what we're talking about is so weighted and so heavy that it is really important to be able to step out of that and be able to I guess yeah I guess I don't know if there is a way to be able to to fully step out of it in an emotional sense and still be able to write like a, a lot of the time Unfortunately, it kind of feels like my most creative moments are in these real low points and in these real um, desperate moments in my life where I I use the work as a release. And there's now I'm really wanting to look at how I maybe also have like preventative writing which is maybe thinking about things whilst I'm not in the not in in the moment of it or thinking about writing whilst also writing this heavy um, sort of laborious work also being able to write about joy and also being able to write about um, moments of, of mm. euphoria and 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 glory and and all of these incredible elements that I think often especially when you do write about very um, intense and personal moments, people almost put you in this this box as being this writer who does that um, and, and kind of how you make space for also everything else that comes into it and everything else that exists in your life. And I mean the book is the book is incredible i think i read it in in record time um and then again and again and again but that was something that really struck me um in and has always struck me in your writing is that you know we ha- you have these moments of um there's one poem i forgot the title um but it's about a, a, a trans girl being murdered and they and and you say you know like um, with stab marks, um, like they were trying to steal her heart, and like this, mm. this kind of very, very, very um, uh, heartbreakingly beautiful imagery and honest and authentic imagery. And then you turn two pages, and you're talking about kind of like the joy of being around like aunts and mothers and grandmothers. And then you take another page, and you're talking about sexuality in both its its um, radical, wonderful 
um, wholesome nature and also in its, you know, oppressed and and difficult and trying Mm -hmm. nature. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something that is so um, important and poignant and really stands out in in your work and especially in that body of work is that there are so many emotions that you go through and the reader goes through throughout that, that you kind of do feel, it does feel really well-rounded and it does feel really uh, representative of this, yeah, non-linear um, look at, at, at trauma um, because ultimately, you know, throughout it, trauma is, is, is obviously very uh, cent- a very center, central point in it, but uh, being able to even look at trauma from another perspective, which I think shows, like, incredible sense of self um and i wondered about that like i wondered about if you have time if you feel like you have time to write about the good because i think there's always an expectance and a maybe for me as well there's a there's a there's more of an ease for for me personally to talk about the the bad and and the ugly and the dangerous and the unsafe because because Maybe maybe because they're positioned as more important or more radical or mm. more mm-hmm. something. Um, and I wondered how you do take space, whether it is writing or whether it's a different outlet that you have um, to just be able to check in with yourself and have a moment of, of euphoria with yourself. Yeah, I, um, it, it's interesting because I think this is the stage in my life where it's just like, I guess I finally have a career and like, I'm not struggling for mm-hmm. money and um and I my book has done way more than I've ever expected it to ever do. I just wanted to be a black girl with a book. I didn't yeah. I didn't I wasn't thinking about how successful the book would be. Mm-hmm. Um and then anxiety settled in and the fact that like the world was watching you settled in and then the idea that like none of this equates to joy. Mm-hmm. Then I realized like what actually brings brings joy. Mm-hmm. Um and and that's what I'm on a search for. That like you can garnish the success because you can work towards it and you can strategize towards it. Um but like what actually brings joy? Yeah. And joy isn't in like these outward aesthetics of su- success mm-hmm. and pleasure. Um, and then it makes you look inward about like, what kind of person are you? Mm-hmm. What are you accountable to? Um, in seeking joy, I think about my actual home and like if there is joy in my home and, and how what I've been taught. Right. And I guess like like all conversations around mental health have to start like, like at our, in our homes. Yeah. Um, and so I think like my biggest thing is like, yeah, like how are you seeking joy and how are you prioritizing joy in your life? Um, and what, what does that mean? Does that mean like helping others? Does that mean giving yourself a working towards a great bill of health? Does, does that mean like, allowing yourself moments of calmness and stillness. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then even in not giving myself joy, 
acknowledging that that wasn't joy and not mistaking things for joy. Oh, yeah. That's um, a huge and p- so, part of it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that's, like, where I am. And, like, and then I'm also, like, as of very recently, just trying to figure out what's funny in life. Yeah. Like, I think as a poet, as poets, we've been so focused on, like, how do we break down the trauma? Because it is seen as more important, but it's like, what's funny and like, what's goofy? And and I'm trying to collect those moments as well, because those moments are part of the art form. I just don't think I'm good at it. I think I'm better at being serious mm-hmm. and not angry. Like yeah. I'm not speaking of anger, but serious. But what does it mean to to be goofy and to be like, oh, yeah, like, I sometimes do silly shit. Yeah, 100%. Um, and that's worth, that's worth a platform. That's yeah. worth space. And, and I was, like, I was thinking about that, especially, like, in the world of, like, Blackness, about how, like, childhood is so often stolen mm-hmm. and how, like, to smile is a true investment and is a radical expression of blackness mm-hmm. to to have joy in a space that tells you that this is not for you to enjoy or appreciate or that it's not yours but like smiling and like being fun and being happy is a way of taking up space a hundred percent i mean even a smile taking up space on your face is something, you know, and being able... And and this is something I think so much about. And often people say, you know, what do you want the generation of kids who are coming, who look up to you to see? And, And though, yeah, I want them to see who and and how people have paved ways before them. And yes, I do want them to acknowledge that there has been a fight of resistance um, in order for each generation to be a little bit freer than the previous. But I also want them to see that because because especially in blackness and in transness and in queerness, this idea that we we are living in we are living in our sadness and our sadness is all we know and pain is all we know. And also I think it's so important for them to realise that yes, pain is a part of it but it's not the central part of it because there are so much there are so many qualities about being of that identity which are incredible like i always say like being trans is is being a superhero being black is being having superpowers like all of these things that that i i i, I don't ever want them to 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 believe that the only thing especially as creatives as well the the only thing that we're ever giving a given a platform for is to talk about our pain or is to dissect our pain mm-hmm. um and actually we can have conversations also about painful things like mental health or um current affairs or racism or we can have these conversations but still in a way that is is caring for one another and is still um is still yeah you can still find I don't know ways to laugh I I, I wrote this piece um, during uh, lockdown 
for uh, publication and it was called like uh, memes madness and mental health and it was all about this idea that that there was days where i was battling with such um huge like ideation problems and being able um being in such a, a low point and 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 really feeling hopeless and 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 feeling like there was no way out and feeling paranoid and suicidal and all of these things that that come into mental health mm-hmm. and also having these strange moments of of laughing about memes about other people who are also feeling this way who have encompassed this this tragic feeling into this small image with like one line of text which is making us all giggle and actually the fact that often within meme culture that i mean meme culture relies i think very heavily on 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 black humor and i always think about this idea that we have this innate um um power to to still laugh and mm-hmm. to still find mm-hmm. space to 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 take these these tragedies and and turn them into something that actually becomes a a new way of us communicating um and the fact that that really was what kept me alive and that was really what helped me survive was having these moments of respite and those moments of respite weren't what people you know are positioning as self care like taking a bubble bath or going for a long walk like though maybe those things do work for some people for me there were some days where just scrolling on like uh, uh mm-hmm. patty's mm-hmm. fantasy world and like laughing <laughs> at, at, at everything on there like that was the way of self care and that was and i think that that's something that is is so is so amazing about poetry as well because it's this idea of encompassing a feeling that somebody can feel in a room on the other side of the world and and still feel feel reflected in um and still feel seen in and and yeah it was it was it was it was a really strange article to write because in 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 half of it it was you know delving into the this idea that you know trans people's suicidal rates are higher and um mental health services are, are are scrapping and it was this sort of super um heavy heavy content and then on top of that like i don't know like yeah these these inter- interjections of of silly memes of 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 i don't know mm-hmm. talking about like dikes and straps and backpacks and like all of these kind of things that mm-hmm. just made me feel slightly more slightly less alone um in this dark place and and i think exactly what you said you know smiling is is such a radical act at times um and and i really hope that we can see more 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 of that and we will have more space to do that um as opposed to 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 feel like we're constantly fighting um and what do you what do you what do you do to preserve your mental health what do you what is your kind of go to rituals um to to preserve especially in some some of the the most infamously um dangerous and and tough years that we have experienced um i'm tr- i'm always working on trying to conjure a healthy routine and so like mm-hmm. i might not do thing- <laughs> yeah and i might not do things in order but there are things that like I must do every day mm-hmm. and I might do them at the end of the day, but it's like meditate, pray, 
praise, write, read, um, and and do something kind for someone. Mm. I feel and like so, that's such like a nice those, uh, structure to live by for everybody, to be fair. Yeah, and it's just like, and then also just self-awareness, where it's just like being able to wake up in the morning and being like, yo, yesterday I did nothing. Where mm. was I? Why was it like that? And I think if if like I can just continue to have a good and honest conversation with myself, then I can always get back on track because like healing and mental health is not a linear process. And I think sometimes like when we fall off track, we're like, oh, this is terrible. But I think it's our ability to acknowledge ourselves, to say kind things to ourselves and to get back on track. And like this morning, I I was feeling low about something. Um, and, and I'll speak specifically, like I was feeling very low about a breakup that I had. Mm-hmm. And, Same. and like my mental talk, like was just so weak. Like I, like what I was saying to him, like, I, like, I was still feeling so overwhelmed and flustered and angry and, and even bitter. Like, and I felt it coming over me Mm -hmm. and I was like in my head saying like, praise God for him removing something that he did not want you to have. And then it would, it still wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. Like saying that was not good enough. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, all right, well say it out loud. And so it's like seven o'clock in the morning and I'm just like, praise God for him removing something that he didn't. And it was just like, if maybe if you said it out loud, that voice will become bigger and more believable. Mm -hmm. And it was just like practicing on myself, like, like using a voice that I believe in a voice that like I can honor and then diminishing the voice that said wants to be otherwise or the the person in me that wants to be otherwise and like i always talk like to one of my friends and we have this like idea of ourselves that like there are multiple people inside of us mm-hmm. and um and they feel different ways about different things um and it's about like all of these women inside of me won't like always be in agreement but can they always be in conversation? Mm-hmm. Um, and can I honor these voices? And when one wants to be insecure, is there another voice that can not only um, speak otherwise, but soothe the insecurity? Um, and for the little girl inside of me, is there a way to make her feel safe and to remind her that she's safe when she experiences moments where she doesn't? Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I think the biggest thing for me in these like trying times are like, yo, what do you say to yourself? Um, what voices in you are the loudest and, and how do you create good conversations with yourself? And when you start saying things out loud, and I guess because like I'm a poet, it comes a little bit more natural for me to just say stuff out loud. But when you actually say things out loud, you realize what does and does not make sense. Yeah. And then things start evaporating and the truth will stick 
But the things that are ridiculous when you say them out loud are really ridiculous. And you're almost embarrassed at yourself. Like, I really said that. I really, I really allowed this to enter my, into my psyche. Um, Mm -hmm. And also, I think it makes, it really prioritizes things. Like the moment you say things out loud, you kind of have this moment of, of, of what I do, especially of thinking like on this list of things that I'm worried about. What do I actually worry about? What do I actually need to worry about? And what am I worrying about for, like, no reason at all? Like, there's some... And this is something I'm really trying to work on at the moment. Um, Also coming out of, like, a, a, a breakup setting. And I think that's another part of it, like, especially for those of us who have been positioned maybe as figureheads or people um, who talk about these grander things. I think sometimes that takes away from the personal things and the mundane things. Like Mm. sometimes, I don't know, just like your shopping bag breaking is enough for you to just have a moment. Um, (laughs) and, and, And though it feels so small in the grand scheme of other things you're talking about, like also just allowing that moment and leaning into that moment and saying, okay, I'm allowed to be frustrated by this and I'm this is allowed to have upset me and though maybe this comes from and is rooted in something bigger bigger than this like I I can see why this is the trigger for it um and and I really I really during my breakup I really had this idea of of I mean breakups are horrible and notoriously horrible for everybody but there was this level of me thinking like well you know I talk about I talk about matters that are so much bigger than love and so much bigger than my personal relationships with people and like I can't give this as much time as I give everything Mm. else and then realizing that actually no like a love is the one thing in the world that I think rules everything I think it's it's a currency in itself um, I think it's, I actually think it's the foundation of, of, of everything. Um, and, and I had to, I had to take a moment and, and, and some, a, a way that I've been working through this, um, breakup and this difficult period of my life in, in general is like writing poems as letters. So like writing a letter to the person and then almost writing from that person's perspective back to me, because that really made me understand how I viewed myself through other people's eyes and I think Mm. it's so difficult for us to kind of step out of our perception of ourself um and 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 to be able to truly look at some how someone sees us but 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 outside of maybe like insecurities and moments and 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 arguments and all of these things and just say like if it comes down to it from what love I have received how do I believe you love me or how do I believe you see me? Um, and that has been really helping me through um, moments. And I mean, I've had it, I've, I've done it for lovers. I've done it for friends. I've done it for for family. Like, And, and it also gives, uh, for, for me as well, this peace of mind of this moment of being able to say, okay, I'm not going to receive the response I want or a response period from this person. So how do I create closure by creating mm. a a dialogue for them that I am going to to write myself? Um and it and it really makes you 
it makes you see the truth in somebody and also the truth or the worth or both in yourself. And there were moments where I was sitting there and I was right and then I was kind of like, well, if this is how I feel seen by this person or if this is how I feel seen by this collective of people, then do I want this these people in proximity to me? Do I want to be seen like that? Or do I is there is there other people other eyes and other ears that I'm closing off in order to, in some ways, um, delude myself into a situation that doesn't exist. And I think exactly like you speaking aloud, those moments of response poems allowed me to say, okay, like what matters here and what what is serious here and what is not serious here. And sometimes there's things mm. that you giggle about that you never would have giggled about if you had that conversation with that person. But being able to mm. have it by yourself is is this really empowering thing. Um, and and also just like journaling in, in general, everyone says to me, you know, like, how, like, what, what do you think is really important for healthy mental health? And, and I said, like, yeah, I'm a poet, so I enjoy writing. And, and writing is, is, is as much like me taking in breaths of air in order to survive. However, I think everybody need, everybody could benefit so much from, from having, yeah, journaling and writing and reading or just speaking aloud because I think there's so many things that we are scared of saying and I think as poets we we exist in this space of saying often the things that people are scared of saying so yeah, it, it maybe comes a little more natural to us but um, it just allows yourself to to have this this dialogue and I think so much about mental health and so much about helping one another and being kind to one another is all about communication. I, I, I think I, I think communication is is the, the oldest, strongest currency that we do have. Um, but I know that we have to wrap it. But I just wanted to say how grateful I am to have this conversation, but also to the amount of conversations oh, that you have opened. I mean, I am your walking, talking hype man who is just like to everyone, you need to read this, you need to see this, you need to see this. Um, but but honestly, I mean, you you are you your vulnerability is is encaptured so beautifully for your articulation of feelings that I know as somebody firsthand who has experienced the power of your work but also knowing other people who have also experienced that that you have made people feel less alone when it has felt lonely and you mm. without even knowing have been that friend who sits in the darkness with me just via your work mm. um thank you um, and so that means honored. so much. Um, and I hope that everybody listening to this podcast also has that experience through through this conversation. And I just need to get my mm. myself to the US so that we can actually do this in in in, in person. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. You always have thank a home here. Thank you so so much, and thank you for a little section of your time today. The pleasure is mine. This has been Conversations in Time with Joe Malone London and British GQ. For more conversations, find us on ACAST. <laughs>